This is different. Yes, it's very different. I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's, it seems unnatural somehow. So here we are in the middle of the pandemic, um, uh, remote recording in, with all kinds of new equipment and uh, new technology. Yes, I feel like I'm on the Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. <laughs> so, all right. So... This is our sesquicentennial episode, which I know, and it's happening much fanfare. And it's happening during a pandemic, pandemic, and our very first book was about a pandemic. It absolutely was pretty exciting, huh? Pretty yeah, it was all the way back to World World War Z World back War in two thousand seven. Yep, totally wrapped around. We were being prescient. <laughs> yes, we were, as of so many things. A hundred and fifty so, um, books. I know. That's crazy. Who does that? A lot of people, apparently. A lot of like people, freaking, but we started yeah. it, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're still here, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's to that. I'm, I'm lifting a glass. Cheers. Here, Cheers. Pal. Clink. <laughs> it was one of the be- better ideas that you had. Yes. Well, I think this might have been yours, actually. I, um, was it? I thought it was yours. I don't know. Well, it could have been. <laughs> We'll, we'll go back and check our records. Yeah. <laughs> the archives. <laughs> the archives. Down in the basement. Down yes, the basement. here it is. Yes, it's in the absolutely. Rolodex. I remember the meeting minutes very clearly. Uh, All right. So, so um, why did we read this book in particular? Well, this was my idea, yes. which was that uh, the last book we read uh, was... Uh, uh, the Last Days by Brian Evanson. And it was a rather intense book about body horror, specifically people fetishizing losing limbs, sacrificing limbs, giving yes. them up. Yeah. Um, and that reminded me very strongly of this book, which is very fetishistic in a different way. Uh, and it's it's uh, having, having to do with, in this case, uh, the like literally autoeroticism, the uh, sexuality auto-eroticism. of the such yeah, of, of, yeah, sexuality of automobiles yeah. and the car crash. Um, so I put this up as a possibility and I also have another book, uh, actually like a story to sort of follow our theme of three here, which we'll talk about when we go down to the basement later. And that was seemed like a good idea before the pandemic kicked in. And here we are. I wish we were reading <laughs> pandemic books now. Well, we could. We'll be here for a while, apparently. <laughs> well, who knows? 
Uh, who nobody. Nobody knows. <laughs> but if you want to put out your boat and go golfing, you you can do it legally. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for that in Minnesota. Well, let's just start off saying this book was not horror in the traditional sense. By any stretch of the imagination, these people were horrible. Yes. But this book was not horror per se. It is it's its own. It's its own. It's it's pornography. It is. Yeah. It is. This this book is uh, as the pretentious people, such as myself, like to say, it is sui generis. It is. It's, it, it is its own genre. <laughs> well, you know what it reminds me of is that. Um, Back in the day when people would go to erotica, they'd be like French foreign films, but they'd be, uh-huh. right? This is that version. Yeah. This literary people wanted to get a little down and nasty. Yeah. Well, this this book is, is very, it's very famous. I mean, this book, uh, it was, uh, almost didn't get published. Uh, the publisher took it and said, do not publish this book. Rather, get this person into a mental institution. This person is deranged. <laughs> but but J.G. Ballard had come up through um, through the new wave of science fiction um, and had written some really good books. Uh, one book that he wrote, that he's most famous for this one, I think, and also Empire of the Sun, which is autobiograph- autobiographical. But his first uh, really breakthrough book was called The Drowned World, which is about global warming and the sea levels rising. Back in 1963, 64, he published this. And hmm. that was, um, and it just gets truer and truer every day. Um, so he, he writes about, he never writes, he rarely writes about outer space, almost never, in fact. He writes about um, the earth in weird ways. And, and so instead of, um, Picturing the Earth transformed by uh, floods, or he wrote one about it being transformed by droughts. One being it being transformed by endless winds. This one, it's transformed by something that's all around us: the automobile and automobility. Yes. And uh, and he sort of like he doesn't go halfway; he goes all, all the way. The way. <laughs> I mean, you just you, he 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 pulls you into this world, and it's just he just takes it he just goes for it it's right and i've never and it's and, shocking it's shocking and i i think i don't ever need to hear a description of a woman's labia ever again <laughs> i mean it is re, it is repetitive in it yes the the yeah. things that happen yep the description That's, of bodies his yep. uh, uh obsession with uh, yep. bodily fluids it's yep. just it just beats you over it is it is re, it is relentless it is relentless it is this this and book it's not is, how i remember the movie the movie seemed different it was to a me. it was a it was a cronenberg movie and as i was you know so i read this book uh you know full confession here i read this book um 30 years ago now oh you did yeah, I read it back in like 1987, um, and uh, uh, it really, really made an impression on me. Um, and I was a big J.G. Ballard fan for uh, for some years, and you know, I kind of fell away from it. Um, and then J., uh, David Cronenberg decided to make a movie of it, and the movie also had uh, this the similar pushback. I mean, there was, it was banned in the United States; it was banned in many states um, when it came out. Um, 
it was it was pretty daring, but not as daring as this book is. This book is even now, even now here in uh, 2020, uh, absolutely shocking. Well, yes, I, I don't I didn't find it shocking as I found it disgusting. And I'm not a, it's, and I'm not really a prude, mm-hmm. um, but I just found it just, yeah. Like, it's, come so, on, so 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 rereading this, um, I remember you know in my my years, couple years of thinking about J.G. Ballard, you know, on and off, and just sort of learning about a little bit about him, because he was an interesting dude. Um, you know, he was a prisoner of war when he was a teenager. Um, in a Japanese uh, uh, prison camp during World War II, and he saw the atomic bomb go off. He saw it. Um, um, and he, uh, you know, came to England and, and uh, uh, you know, built this career writing, you know, in a subgenre, science fiction, and went on to become a highly respected postmodernist writer. Um, and this book right here is his launch from being a genre writer to a literary writer. Although he never really stopped writing genre fiction, he wrote a lot too. I saw, yeah, his list of his books, and yeah, he was prolific. Yeah, he was prolific. Um, yeah, and so he wrote three autobiographies of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wrote *Empire of the Sun*, and then he revised it. I mean, he didn't revise it. He wrote another version of it called *The Kindness of Women*, which is about, you know, his life, but also like watching his life being filmed. Oh. By Steven Spielberg, and then he wrote a, a third version of it uh, not too long before he died. Um, so anyway, he was a very interesting dude. But shortly before uh, he wrote Crash, he got in a, a car crash. He was in an accident, a bad one, and uh, he used it as a springboard for the arts. <laughs> Apparently, he got off on it. <laughs> well, he he did or he didn't. I, I, I'm never. I'm not really sure. But he did discover something. I mean, so this is yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, how are cars in any way sexy? Well, I think that if you think about cars, especially like from the fifties, when people talk about cars in the sixties and the seventies, they're thought yeah. of as being women. They're they're given uh, women's names. Mm-hmm. You know, if people were going to name it as something. Um, it's really tied into male sexuality. Yep. Uh, sex happens in cars. Yep. Ha- and did happen in cars. Um, and, you know, look at Christine. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> and Chitty but, Chitty Bang Bang. And especially my mo- Chitty Chitty my Bang. My mother, the car. And um, <laughs> the, the car that... Uh, uh, Phoebe Bigalili drove in, in Nanny and the Professor, <laughs> and they were you know they have they take on person people given personalities the, right and, and the love bug and the schlep and the schlep car right and the flubber car <laughs> no but and seriously remember that no but I'm ta- I, I'm not, I'm, you, I'm you, being funny but it's the, it's the truth like they yeah. become um, yeah so yeah they, so even so yeah so the automobile um, in the 40s already, probably the 30s, was a place for young uh, lovers to um, young lovers to be alone together, parking, uh, going to Lover's Lane and having sex. Um, also, uh, um, in the time that Ballard is writing, is uh, in the time that Ballard is writing is when uh, 
the uh, Detroit started to make cars that were literally voluptuous. This is the dawn of the Camaro, the uh, the Trans Am. Um, right. The, the yeah. Um, so at the you know, Ballard at this time very likely was looking and seeing automobiles being uh, sexualized not by having beautiful models draped over them in advertising, but literally having hips and tits. Um, think of those early Camaros, how you know how curvy they were, or Porsches, or things like that. Porsche de Rossi. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and at the same time, uh, uh, one of the things that happens in this book is as cars get sexualized, um, in the book, uh, gender diversity, uh, I mean, gender bifurcation is getting erased. Right. It doesn't matter what particular orifice you want to exploit um, in this book. It becomes... It becomes Irrelevant. Well, it's cars and scars. Cars and scars. And scars were yeah. also a, an equalizer. And also, yeah, actually, a... not. It was how it was how many scars you had and how sexy they were. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Which is it didn't which, matter which what a... kind of body they were on. Yep. Which is a link to the the last book, the the last days by Evanson, Brian Evanson. Very loosely. Uh, very loosely. Yeah. But um. I mean the scars. It... The scars thing. More so from the the protagonist's mm -hmm. point of view as he's describing them. Yeah. So, so you remember the protagonist's name? No. <laughs> J James Ballard. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he gives he gives him his own name, the main character. Um, so, I mean, we usually at some point we go over the plot of the book, and this plot book has virtually no plot. Well, no, there's a plot. The, Somewhat. The plot is the guy gets into a car wreck. He's kind of being, what would you call it, stalked yeah, by so, this producer who and is a... Vaughn, yep. Who is... Um, he was a TV doctor. And he was... Um, he's very obsessed with car crashes. Yes. And... So he gets to he kind of gets wrapped up and pulled into this guy's world. Yes. And he and his wife and the woman of the man he killed in the car crash. Yeah, so and then so there's beginning, a subplot yeah. of uh, there's this 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 dream, this desire to get in a car crash with a movie star and killer yeah. and have specifically Elizabeth Taylor. Well, it starts it gets to Elizabeth Taylor, but he's like taking a poll of who, remember? He was like, yeah, like which star should I, would you like to see, you know, and where would you put the scars and where would you put the injuries? Yep. And, yep. and then he does. Yep. He gets into a car. He doesn't kill Elizabeth Taylor, but he gets into a car wreck and dies. And yeah, he gets, he gets close. He just he gets misses. Close. And, yeah. he, and his uh, sanity becomes, he just devolves. Yeah. He's just as his car falls apart, he falls apart. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so so JG Ballard up with sex. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all it's all bound up in, with sex. And so JG Ballard once said that um, uh, there are two genres of writing that are the most effective. Um, like lots of writings can make you feel things, but only two genres make you feel things in your body, and that is pornography. 
and gore. And this book is both of them. Yeah, it's gornography. It's gornography. Um, and so that it's, this is a genre. He says this is, this is the most effective uh, genres of literature. If, if you want to actually affect somebody's metabolism, their heart rate, uh, whether they're feeling nauseated, uh, whether they have an erection, um, pornography, and violence. So um, did anything in this book turn you on? Not even a little bit. Not even. <laughs> not even. But... It, but it's but, but it's I funny. could so see it, where the author was getting turned on well, when he was describing when he was describing Vaughn's scars and you can see him just getting more and more. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, you can like yeah, okay. <laughs> so this so this um so the the style of writing in this book is like you said this is it's pornography. Pornography has its own style, and it is obsessive and repetitive. And that is exactly what this book is. Uh, it just it's, it just has the same few images over and over again until uh, it, it 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 clicks in for you or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you will stop early on. And if it does, you'll keep coming back to it over and over again. I didn't get numb to it, but I definitely was continually disgusted by it. Yes, <laughs> to the very end. It was. It was, it's such a strange experience. So I, you know, I, so this book does exist as an audiobook, and I have let this, and I did listen to it this time. The first time oh. I, I read it and, and I remember reading it the first time and thinking, this is, I've read this before. This is just, um, I've, I've, so you just, you start scanning over stuff and looking for more new information instead of the same obsessive fetishistic images. Right. And, uh, um, but in the narrate the, the, the narration the, the narrative version I listened to was much better and also um, because you couldn't just sort of scan it it rubbed your nose in it in a pretty uncomfortable way once in a while. But why would you want here's the thing is why would you other than like let's read it for this reason but why would you want to want that? Why would, why would you, you want why would you want to have your nose rubbed in something? Why would you choose to go like, I'm gonna read this book? This this book is I th think that this book has um, a reputation. I was look just before we started recording here today. I looked went up on Goodreads to sort of see what kind of uh, ratings people were giving to it. Yeah. Um, and it's, most of it's like one star, two stars, maybe three, and then five, and then two, two and a half, one and a half, five. Um, this book is uh, it's you know it's an experiment. It's, it says, you know, I'm going to try to do something in this exact way and see if it works. And it doesn't blink. It doesn't, sh uh, uh, you know, shy away from it. And if it if you play, if you accept the rules by which it is playing, it's great. But you wouldn't recommend it to anybody. This is well, I can't recommend this book to anybody. No, ever. I mean, did you enjoy reading it? I did not enjoy reading it. I enjoyed listening to this the second time because it, it opened up way more than it did the first time. You enjoyed it. You got pleasure from it. Uh, pleasure, no, I would say intellectual pleasure. The right. worst kind. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thought experiment. It's an sure. extended thought experiment. It would have been but it's, better it's very as productive. a short story. <laughs> well... The, the book that Ballard wrote before this was called The Atrocity Expe Exhibition. And it, they are a bunch of really weird 
super compact short stories. They read like abstracts for a psychological journal. Hmm. Um, but they have these crazy titles. So the most famous one is called Why I Want to Fuck Ronald Reagan. <laughs> which is remarkable. Well, who didn't? Because, well, exa- which is remarkable because Ronald Reagan was not president. He was only governor of California. And he had well, just been made governor. Well, that's when he governor. was his hottest. <laughs> exactly. So, um, um, and uh, another story that's really famous from that collection is called uh, The Assassination of John F. Kennedy Considered as a Downhill Motor Race. You know, and these are like a page and a half long. They have no plot whatsoever. All it is is this obsessive little consideration of this little thought experiment. And he expands it into this novel, which is, it's hard to take. It is hard to take. Um, yeah. But, but he becomes a novelist again. Like his next book is called The Concrete Island. And it's basically um, Robinson Crusoe about a guy who crashes in a, in a, in a clover leaf and he can't get out. He's completely surrounded by highways. And so he's stuck there. Because <laughs> he can't cross the street. Or... He can't cross the street because it's major, major highways. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this book, uh, I think this book is, is, is maybe not horror, but I think it's a good fit for our podcast, especially now. How so? Well, because it's um, it it's not written as horror, but it does produce a horrified reaction. Yeah, very strong bodily reaction. Um, yes, which one? And it mixes it, and it mixes it with sex, which is what Dracula did back in uh, in eighteen ninety nine. Yes, a, yes, a little bit more subtly, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know what Although it remind, you know what it reminded me of or where my mind was going when I was reading this I was reading hmm. I was thinking of Brave New World and when they would go into oh. the, and when they would go into the watch the feelies and yes. it was just base. Yeah, it's just base. And that's what this felt like, just base. Yeah, um, oh. And um, uh, it's like, oh, this is what we've come to. <laughs> this yeah. is where we are now. This well, exactly. Base, uh, cars pubis mounds and seminal discharges various discharges and mucous membranes and blood and diesel fuel and and lubricants uh, both for the oil and for the humans um i know it's 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 horrifying yeah (laughs) another thing that um that this one of the ways i make sense of like because this book um, when it was first published, seemed to have come out of nowhere. It it got horrible reviews. Like really, like who thought this was a good idea to publish this book? Um, but it didn't come out of nowhere. One of the things that happened in the mid '60s was that um, the the uh, the magazine market for science fiction tanked. Just like it was like the dot com crash, but only for fiction, published fiction. So all these uh, sci-fi writers who were making a living, you know, paying their mortgage by writing sci-fi stories, suddenly had no markets to sell their stories to, except for pornography markets. So oh. a whole bunch of so a whole bunch of them generated uh, por- uh, uh, pornographer pseudonyms, and I don't know that J.G. Ballard was one of them. I know a couple of other famous writers were, like Robert Silverberg and probably Robert Heinlein. Um, a man's got to eat. Yeah, man's got to eat, and uh, uh, so uh, so uh, 
pornography uh, became uh, a way for these sci-fi writers to make a living. And after the market sort of recovered a little bit after five or six years, um, all of those lessons that they learned started to make their way into science fiction. And that became part of one of the elements of the sci-fi new wave of which J.G. Ballard is probably the most famous writer. Mm. John Varley. Uh, John Varley was right after that. He was started. He was probably five years behind Ballard. Because his stuff was kind of pornographic too, but not like this. <laughs> not 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 like this. Not like this. Um, well, I was also thinking of all those. Uh, you know, there was a couple famous movie stars that died in car crashes, and they were sex symbols. And yeah, what was was it? Well, they, Gene, it wasn't Gene Harlow. They, it was. Uh, uh, um, it's uh, it was uh, um, oh. the one that they thought her Jane, head. Jane, Jane, Jane Mansfield. Mansfield, right. Yeah, Jane Mansfield, James Dean. Right. Yeah. Two yeah, notable, well, those, Isadora Duncan. Uh, Albert Camus, who was a writer. He died in a car crash. Um, they name check one other person in the book. that they're, Oh, they, they say John F. Kennedy, because even though um, he didn't die in a car crash, it was an automobile related, related thing. And so uh, for some reason, Ballard um, uh, conflates it uh, as a car crash. As does Vaughn, because the car he drives, remember is, what they talk? Is the same car. Yes, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same car, which is also the case in the movie. I don't know how much they had to pay to get a uh, beat up old uh, 1962 uh, Lincoln convertible, but they found one. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, and there have been other famous car crash victims since Stephen then. King. Oh, that's right. He got clipped by that minivan. And he wrote He wrote out of that experience. He did. I think, didn't Misery come out of that? Out of that uh... No, Misery is before that. Uh, his book that he wrote about, specifically about the car crash, was his, uh, his writing memoir. Like, called, um, it was like his autobiography and also like How I Write. Um, it's called On Writing. It's a really good book. Um, uh, who else? I mean, God, there's been so many. Uh, anyway. Well, yeah. there's all kinds of crashes. They're not always car mm -hmm. crashes. But, it's true. Uh, but that would be really be pushing the intent of the book, I guess. But Yes. I yeah. You know, the, the problem with this kind of book for me is that, um, you know, they say it was really seen as an awful book when it first came out and then you know mm -hmm. 20 years later it becomes something else and then you you kind of wonder you know which dog is wagging which tail from <laughs> right yeah i mean it's it's just it's the book is so outrageous and like pure audacity and outrageousness if it lasts if it like stays outrageous for five ten years that's enough to make your book immortal well and i hate to say it but it does remind me of being in a in fifth grade and your obsession with bodily fluids oh, and yes. bodily substances and absolutely words and body yep. parts and yep. and Vaughn, the character Vaughn and the protagonist were very much yeah cut from that cloth. They were like little boys and with their uh I know just their like, sexual like, compulsion. How yeah, many like, times Vaughn had sex in a day <laughs> well and and oh just, uh, just uh, 
he was like he's like a hell's angel like he never washed his jeans i mean they talk about how his his, his jeans are just caked with semen and, and feces piss and, and vaginal yeah. piss and vaginal fluids yes. it's it is it's really it's really something and, and, and just the the smell and it's the, you know his obsession and that um, was before um uh from the doors J- uh, J- jim uh Morrison, because he didn't. He had those snakeskin pants that he didn't change for like a year. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, you know the the Hell's Angels uh, think uh, the concept of the originals. They're the blue jeans, the Levi's that you wear when you become a member of the Hell's Angels. And one of the things that happens with them, this is according to Hunter S. Thompson in his book about the angels, is that the rest of the members of the of the uh, of the uh, of the biker group biker gang piss on you piss on your jeans and you can never wash them ever um, and you have to wear your originals to every biker meetup and every you know wear them to Sturgis wear them to anytime you're getting together with the rest of the uh, nice. of the angels nice yeah s- super tasty <laughs> <laughs> well it's also you know in the character it's his you, you can see he's deteriorating yeah because that lack of hygiene <laughs> yep and self and self yeah and he's yeah and he's been in he's been in so many wrecks that he's just starting to get scarred up he's got facial scars and oh the obsessive description of his, his scarred penis right over and over, over. again and the yeah. guy was constantly rubbing his penis up against things <laughs> yeah constantly constantly, constantly. and his um, <laughs> dribbles of semen in his pants <laughs> oh my so, god <laughs> So one of the things, and this is this is, this seems like a bit of a reach, but I don't think it actually is. Um, have you ever read any Samuel Beckett, like any of his novels? Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so Beckett's novels, because um, he's at, later in life, his, his you know his, his his stories and plays just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But early on, like in the forties, and even to the, into the fifties, his novels um, were these highly obsessive extremely repetitive almost fetishistic descriptions of things rarely sexual yeah but i remember i remember um the book i think it was malloy which is the first of his french trilogy um malloy talking about um he has stones in his pockets and how he has to balance the stones between his pockets and it goes on for pages describing the elaborate arrangement of how he had to pass the stone from a pocket to his hand to his other hand to his pocket and it's just instead of just like describing it generally it he literally does the math on the page and it can go on for pages and pages and pages right but this is and the product of an of an obsessive mind and a deteriorating mind yeah and i that's think what, about I mean, that character on the the we have always lived in the castle that same, oh, yes. that same yep. repetitive checking yeah. detail of where things are and how they are and where they go. Yeah, it's, and it's like OCD. It is like OCD. Yeah, and in this case, it's it's um, it's it's OCD with uh, but it's built all around fetishes. It's mostly O. <laughs> yeah. Wait, lots of lots of most. O. It's mostly C. It's not. Well, the compulsion, yeah. He's obsessed with the car crashes. He's obsessed That's why with he's the car crashes, around. and he has that compulsive sexual, yeah, uh, 
but it's not OCD. It's not the OCD that we, we think of no. as OCD. It's obsessive and it's compulsive. <laughs> yeah. But what, what's the, is this still a word in, in psycho, in, uh, in, in therapy circles, uh, paraphilia? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a whole novel about paraphilia. Um, it's the, the uh, inappropriate sexualization of an inanimate object. Um, not just, but it's not just cars. It's cars is as a um, vehicle. I don't know if they would call it inappropriate. They would, it would. I don't think they would use that word. Not inappropriate, but it's just um, uh, unconventional. Remember that guy? It was a few years back. I, I want to say it was in Florida. Who was like caught like having sex with his car, and he wanted to marry his car. Yes. And yes. Where he would stick his penis because <laughs> he loved his. Well, car. exactly. Yeah, exactly, and I wonder. Um, I mean, this 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 uh, this book, Crash, has made it out into the culture. Um, I will be editing this episode. Uh, you'll be happy to know. Uh, so I already know the song that's going to go at the end, um, and it's a song literally inspired by this book. Is it called Crash? No, it's called <laughs> it, it's called Warm Leatherette. All right. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. It's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a new wave, uh, post-punk song, very, uh, electronic. Uh, anyway. So would you say that this is the equivalent of splatter punk? Boy, um, I would say this is even more, uh, uh, like aestheticized than splatter punk. Splatter punk is, um, I mean, this, this, this book um, is not afraid to get into the gory medical forensic details, but Splatterpunk right. is is literally about trying to to gross you out. It just like just well, I think it. that's what this book does. Well, but it gets so it gets so clinical about it. It tries to stay clinical. It it, it doesn't like it doesn't make up weird words. It literally says the if you bust out Grey's Anatomy, those are the words it's going to use. It's not going to say cunt. It's going to say vulva. It's not going to say, you know, cock. It's going to say penis. Um, it tries to stay as medical and, and engineering as, 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 you know, as precise as possible. Yes. Um, as, I mean, it's uh, another analogy, and I, this may be completely uh, uh, off the rails, uh, but here we are. I'm going to say it. Um, there was a, a French novelist about 10 years before this called Alain Robb-Grier. Oh, I like his wrote, cheese. <laughs> exactly. So funky. Um, and uh, he, uh, he wrote a bunch of novels. Um, one was called The Voyeur. Um, one was called, um, uh, why can't I remember some of his other books? But he's most famous for his involvement with a movie called Last Year at Marianbad. Um, but I've tried to read some of his books. And what I remember about them is he was... He was extremely precise. He would write his books like a draftsman would uh, would would describe an engine part or uh, a design for a new patio or a house, um, as precise and unmetaphorical as possible. And um, now this book, well, that is 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 quite metaphorical, but but in a weird way, it's also like it's it's, it's, it's boring detached. and precise. It's detached. Yeah, it's detached. And it's, not, it's not very emotional. It's not emotional there at isn't, all. There isn't much. 
even the even the excitement is not even the excitement that characters might be experiencing from the yeah the it's not it's not it, there's no emotion it, in it yeah it's all it's, it's all only gonadal it's all just the body it's, it's descri- below the belt it's just described well even if it yeah. was below the belt you know you'd be feeling something but there's no feeling in I guess no. the only feeling you get the only feeling I got from the book was how as he got more into Vaughn, there was more emotional something going on there. But yeah, yeah. in this book, it wasn't a lot. But it was no. enough where it's enough to sort of draw him in, in a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it's, it's still but very, det- there's a detached uh, feeling yeah. in the book. And he's detached. Things- it's almost like, he, the main character to me seems like a, somebody who's in shock. Yeah, he's well. He's the the humans in this book are less than human, and um, the automobiles aren't really anything more than automobiles still, but they've somehow been pulled into the human. Um, they're they've become part of what humanity is, and in that process, humans have become less human. Well, as they're as they're like drenched in human fluids, they become yes. <laughs> they've turned this, they're turned into a character. Yeah, there's this there's this weird, um, uh, yeah, this, this merging uh, between the, the the mechanical and the organic. Right, it's really profoundly disturbing. Right, it really is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't just you can't just assert that. You have to obsess over it. You have to repeat it over and over again until it's driven home. That's why, why I think this book is a novel and not a short story. Mm. Anyway, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it makes complete sense. I understand exactly what you're saying. That was my experience of it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a, it's not a book that you read. It's not a book that you enjoy. It's a book that you experience and then you reflect on uncomfortably for the next day. Until you do week, your podcast, and then you or until you do your podcast, and then you get it out of your head as quickly as you can. <laughs> Jesus, I think it's uh, a good time to uh, start drinking. I think so too. Let's. Uh, Let's uh let's have some cocktail time. Well, it's look, cocktail time. Looky here, it's cocktail time. So this is a quick drink. <laughs> yes, quick and messy. It's not. <laughs> it's not what we've been sipping throughout the whole uh, podcast. No, but... this is this is not a sipper. <laughs> this is more of a slurper. Oh, God. <laughs> So so uh, let's uh, let's mix it together, and tr- and drink it, and then we'll say what it's called. Okay. All right. So take a uh, 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 just like a quarter shot of uh, Irish cream, a quarter shot of amaretto, and what was the third thing? A quarter shot of uh, like raspberry liqueur. Yeah, like Kirsch or something. Like Kirsch or like like something red. Um, and uh, if you want to get really creative, maybe a quarter shot of uh, uh, Galliano for some yellowish stuff, um, and put that in a sh- just put that in a big shot glass or like a double shot glass, something like that. Don't mix it; just sort of let it merge, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> then you can and, and then go to your car and just sort of spray it across the windshield and just lick it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conceptual drink. We're, yes. just gonna, we gonna, we're just going. We're just going to just uh, 
guzzle it down Drake, right now. We're just gonna go. What? Yeah, it's really up to you. But what were we gonna call it though? I wanted to call it jizz on the dashboard, but I, I forgot what. You we're gonna to call, call it. it. Bo- we're gonna call it bodily fluid. Bodily fluids. Bodily fluids. <laughs> so, uh, chin, chin, chin on your chin, <laughs> on your chin, wherever on you want to put it. It's all. It's all good. You all just right, go. Let's that. just get out of this. Let's get past this, please. <laughs> all right, here we all go. Right. Well, that's the end of cocktail time. <laughs> <laughs> and what a what a cocktail I time! I never want to do that one again. <laughs> Dear me, no. Please, let's go down um, to the basement, please. In, indeed. <laughs> Well, look, we're in the basement. Here we, here we are. Our in the refuge, basement. our only refuge. <laughs> so cool down here. Very little virus. Very little. It can't live in the in the dank. In the dank of a. Of a <laughs> <laughs> the so what are we? What, what's your suggestion to get? Let's get out of this genre quick, please. Let's get be done well, with our trio. Well, yeah. So this one is a it's a short story. Uh, a longer short story, and I'm trying to find what the title is here. Um, is it not a novella though? It's yeah, it's something like that. It's a Flannery O'Connor story. Let me uh, let me just dig it up here. It's gonna take me a Do second. Do I have to vamp? While yeah, I want you vamp about it. I want to start thinking song. about our next uh, uh, trinity of books that we're gonna read. Well, I remember that we were talking about. Um, uh, that we were going to read two more books by uh, Brian Evanson. Do you want to try that? Sure. Who is he again? <laughs> he was... <laughs> what is what did in he that? Write? Bu- what did he write? <laughs> so, so after the last episode, we wrote. We decided we could either read two more books by Brian Evanson. So, Last Days, then two more books by him. Oh, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think. Or. We... We... Yeah, or we could do um, uh, two more body horror, fetishist, fetishistic body horror. No, I think we should. Or we could go into pandemic. Uh, I'm going to say we should go into pandemic uh, uh, pandemic stories after this next one. After this next one? Yeah, I think so. But we are not reading The Stand. No, absolutely not. I think, um, I mean, I could think of a bunch of books, uh, but one of them, I mean, some of them don't. Um, aren't really horror novels but they are pandemic novels and some of them are great well we we have a little time to ponder it because we're gonna we still have this one yeah. book that you're trying that that you're trying to find online yeah no kidding you um, still haven't um, found um, it i have nothing um, i can't think of anything else to say <laughs> so you've got to find this <laughs> all right this book uh, we're, we're, we're gonna pause and we're gonna have to reclap no so don't pause just keep looking i'll keep talking i'll keep talking yeah so you keep talking and I'll... i think the reason i want to read pandemic books is i think it's always good to read stories to help you deal with things and sure uh, and i think it's also good to get a little detachment though none of us are really none of the people in our circle are really suffering right now no. it's more inconvenienced but yeah um i was talking to a friend of mine that has connections to the health department it's like it's gonna get bad because <laughs> even though yeah. even though the curve is flattening we're still gonna have a lot of deaths 
a lot of deaths, a lot of uh, economic uh, hardship, uh, fallout, and, and blowback, and yeah, right, all of that. A lot of it. Though we're a consumer-driven um, society, so uh, once you unleash the consumer onto and back into the economy, there's already probably pent up need and frustration that will, yeah, you know, as long as there, there's money, if there's money to spend. Um, but yeah, we've never been through this before, so who knows? Not, not in our lifetime. No. So, all right, I have found the story. All right, what is it? It is called Good Country People by Flannery O'Connor. It is in her short story collection, A Good Man is Hard to Find, also in her complete stories. I remember reading that. Yep. yep. So we're going to read that. Um, and uh, we'll have a, well, it'll probably be a shorter uh, episode, but maybe not. That's you know, okay. We, that's okay. We've gotten shorter as time has gone on. Yeah, as, as we're getting older, our, <laughs> our attention is starting to slide. Well, good. Flannery O'Connor. What is it called right, again? Let's, a Good Country People. A Good Country People. That's great. Good country people. All right, let's yep. get the hell out of here. Indeed we shall. Well, we're out of the basement. Good place to be. And can we put J.G. Ballard's book to rest? I think so. I think we should I, get I, it a good dry cleaning. <laughs> we should. And some detailing. I think so. I think I think a, a, like a week's worth of detailing. detailing. <laughs> and send those, dra- those jeans to the dry cleaners. <laughs> Just burn the jeans. Yeah, Just burn, burn them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the book? Um, you know, I'm glad I read this book again. Uh, I do not anticipate in my uh, in my life ever needing to read the read this book again. However, I kind of want to see the movie again. Yeah, I would like to see the movie again too. I, I was poking around to see if it was streamable, and I could not find a source for it, so it's gone underground again. Yeah, I wonder if you can get it at the library. <laughs> yeah, maybe at the library, or I could just you know buy an old DVD or something like that. You know, Netflix still you can still get DVDs. Um, oh, and apparently people still do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just reading an article about that because the catalog for DVDs is still huge, uh, yeah, in proportion to what you can stream. So, um, you know what? I might t- take advantage of that. Yeah, you'd have to. You know, you could buy a subscription for a month and. Yeah, you know. yeah, or just even yeah, just stop streaming for a while and just pull some DVDs down for, right. you know, a couple months. Right. Yeah. It's nice to get Genius. something in the mail during a pandemic. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't think I have anything more to say about this book, but I do feel like I will. It's I. It's images will probably pop up in my mind every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what this book. That's why this book is famous is because it 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 stays with you. Yeah, it's it's that's one it's of a those. brain stain. It's a, it's a brain stain. Exactly. Which is what I think is what he was trying to do. He just jizzed all over our brains. I know. <laughs> and we just need somebody to lick it off of our dashboards. Oh, Stop saying that. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to um, add before we uh, get out of here? I don't I don't think so. I think this was, uh, we'll see how well this edits together and whether uh, this is an improvement or a vast falling off of the quality of our podcast. I know, I'm recording. curious to see how it's going to work. But <laughs> Yeah, right. so we'll, we'll see. We'll try to, I'll try to get this up within a week. All right. So, all right. Well, I'm how, what going should to we do with this puppy? I, <laughs> I think we should uh, 
park it on the verge of a very tall hill, uh-huh. uh, step out, and see where and it goes, release, <laughs> and release the parking brake and just see where, where it goes. goes. That sounds good to me. All right. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Set. 